to the Deep Dive Podcast, produced by Grandview Christian Church's Discipleship Team. I'm Kristen Mudrak, the Discipleship Team Leader here at Grandview. We're in our first series of this podcast where we're talking about discipleship, what it means, how we do it, and everything in between. We hope that you listen to these conversations and then start your own with your canopy, your family, or maybe even your neighbors down the street. You're welcome to submit questions for our podcast guests to answer in a later episode. Today, I'm pleased to welcome to the podcast, Maddie Muneer, Ethan Weimer, and Max Garvey. Welcome to our last and final episode of this first series of our Deep Dive podcast produced by the Grandview Christian Church Discipleship Team. Today, I am super excited to be um, joined by three amazing college students. All of them are Milligan folks, and I'll let them introduce themselves here in a minute. Um, but we're going to be talking tonight about what discipleship looks like in their lives and, and how it might look in the future, too. Um, so I'm excited to hear their perspectives. So um, Ethan, Max, and Maddie, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell me how long you've been in this area and how long you've known about and have attended Grandview. I guess I'll start because it's pretty easy for me. I've been here my whole life, so that's like 21 years. I've attended Grandview for as long as I remember, which I assume is the same amount of time. Yeah, I, I'm a humanities major at Milligan yeah, University, junior year, so I've got a, got a year left. Looking at grad school, whether that's like, I don't know, seminary or just more history stuff. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the like co-leaders for the Grandview College Group thing, uh, so that's cool. Yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> All right. Um, for me, I'm Ethan Weimer, and I am a junior here at Milgan as well, studying psychology. And I have been in this area since freshman year, which is 2018, and known about Grandview since, well, my whole life pretty much because uh, my uncle, Aaron Weimer, he's the, the pastor there. I'm at the Buffalo campus, um, and so I was baptized there when I was in fifth grade, and um, so I've, I've had a close connection with there for you know, my whole life, which I'm, I'm blessed to say. Yeah, um, and I'm Maddie. I have been in the Johnson City area for about a year and a half, I think. Is that right? I don't know. I'm a sophomore now, so I think so, um, and I've been going to Grandview for about a year um i'm originally from baltimore maryland so uh kind of far away but i love it here it's really cool it's really beautiful um and i'm a church leadership major at milligan so awesome that's awesome i am so grateful to you guys for taking the time um to talk with me tonight and i think i'll start by just asking you guys, what is discipleship and what does it look like in your life? Okay. Um, for me, discipleship is, well, first and foremost, being someone who can bring Christ into someone else's life. Um, there are lots of different ways of doing that. There are lots of ways that are, are good for some people and bad for others, um, whether that's you discipling or you being discipled uh, too. Um, but ultimately, it's bringing Christ into someone else's life and allowing Christ to make that impact on them. Um, and so it's important for you to have um, Christ in you in a part of your life um, so that you can be a, um, a vessel for God's purpose. And the role of that in my life is not as much as I'd like it to be. Um, I tend to be on campus all the time. And being at a Christian college, there's not a whole lot of ministering, I guess, in at least not for me, um, being a someone who just doesn't tend to focus on that. So anyway, um, so my, the role of it in my life is not um, as much as, as I'd like it to be, but I know where I'd like to go with it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I agree with Ethan on a lot of the things that he said. I think that discipleship is just um, following Jesus um, and chasing after him as hard as you can and bringing people along with you. Um, and I think that fellowship and discipleship go hand in hand. So for me, um, discipleship looks a lot like 
um, just having people over in my room for movie nights. Um, or I'm on the flag football team at Milligan. So um, just getting to join in fellowship with my team and see how they're doing and um, encouraging them. I think that that is planting little seeds um, of Christ and they've definitely encouraged me in the same way. So um, yeah, I think that discipleship can happen in many different ways and in many different outlets and, and things like that. And that's what makes it so diverse and, and beautiful. Yeah, I, I kind of I agree with both of their definitions of discipleship. So you know, it's being willing to be there as a servant of God um, for others, also just you know chasing after God as hard as you can. Somebody said, I think the way that I tend to approach discipleship is not necessarily like it's not very explicit in my life. I'd say um, I think I just tend to I tend to try to be there for people. Um, as much as possible um and i mean it's not it's not always like with the intent of like oh you know i'm trying to like help you point you know help point you towards jesus or anything like that or um but i definitely try to keep that in mind uh and like i, I definitely try to like oh it's like oh it's, if this is what they're looking for asking about um i, I try to bring that up and you know just a little, little things like that um just keeping those things in mind is in, in your interactions, like every day, those are it's an important part of it. I love what you guys have touched on um, in kind of two different camps, I think I would say, of discipleship. Um, the discipling of you and the discipling of others. I want to kind of tease both of those apart. So let's, let's start with the discipling of you. Um, what things do you do? on a daily or weekly basis that help move you towards more of an attitude of discipleship in your own life? Um, I think for me, I, well, obviously like there's the traditional wake up and read your Bible and pray, which are very, very important. And I'm, I'm not belittling that in any way because that is such a big part of your personal devotion um, to the father. But I also think that surrounding yourself with people who look like Jesus and like um, I was having an interview today with someone from Miami and they said that one of the best things for young leaders to do is to find people who are two, two or three steps ahead of, of where you are and where you want to be and just hanging out with them and um, investing in them. And I think that that is such a cool way, not only to get to know other people, but just to ask questions um, about Jesus and about um, discipleship even and how how to do that in our own lives. Because I think that it's something that's always growing no matter what stage you are in life. Yeah, I think what Nelly said was spot on with the, the fellowship side and having those relationships in your life where you can look up to this person or these people um, and say, wow, this is where I want to be. And even if they're, even if they would say themselves that they're not in a place where they would want to be, you know, it, it's still like, if you can look up to them and see that they're doing things that, um, would draw you closer to Christ and you, you revere that, um, it, that's a way for you to be discipled. Um, and I, I definitely have those people in my life who I like really look up to. And I'm, I'm hanging around them all the time. Um, and another thing that I do maybe like three or four times a week is um, meditation. And, and, and so like, you know, I, I'll pray every night. Um, but meditation is really my way to, um, to calm my mind and then to allow, um, allow the presence of God to come in um, and allow me just to ponder on the name of God. Um, and, and that's a way for me to, to reflect on, on the nature of God. So that, that's my way of doing it personally, but as also in connection with other people too. Yeah. I think some of the most significant or most impactful, I don't know if you'd call moments um, of discipleship in my life have been moments where I have had to I've almost been like forced into a, a position where I'm like, I have to realize that I wasn't being humble or something about something or like, 
I'll think I'm doing something the right way. And then I'll suddenly, someone will call me out someone that I'm in a good relationship and I'll be like, Oh, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to accept it, but also like, you're right. And that's, I mean, I, this is kind of reflecting what, like what Maddie was saying, what Ethan was saying, you know, it's, it, you really have to be open to having those good relationships with people who you look up to and who are, I mean, both on the same page as you and a couple steps ahead of you. I mean, because I mean, those are the people that will, I mean, if, if you're going down the wrong path or if you're looking at something the wrong way, they can be like, Hey, don't do that <laughs> because it is, I mean, that, that's definitely helpful. <laughs> that is a, that is a huge part of it, um, which can suck sometimes, but I mean, it's also, I'm very, very thankful for it. And I mean, now <laughs> afterwards. And Max has also been that, that for me, you know, I've, I've been stupid, you know, many a time. And, and Max is very good at um, having great conversations with me about that in a way that really lets me think about what I'm doing and slowing down. Um, and, and so you can see that Max drawing on other people to do that has already impacted him. I mean, how he interacts with people like me. What other people um, in your life have done that for you? Um, whether they're older or peers or younger, give me some examples. Well, a lifelong one has been my mother, <laughs> for good or for worse. That's all I'm going to say about that. No, I'm kidding. It's, it's been great. I'm, <laughs> I'm really thankful for her. Um, she is, I mean, my mom is, uh, I really look, I really like up, up, well, I really look up to her in, uh, in my faith and stuff. And I have a great respect for her. And it, um, especially like, especially since college, I'd say, I mean, my relationship with her has been a lot different than uh, before college, you know, back in the public school days, teenage years. <laughs> and I've really grown to appreciate just the, care that she has for i mean not not just me as, a, as like a person and not just me as her son but also like i mean she she has justified concern for like my faith not to the extent of like she wants to be thinking for me but she also wants to see you know the best me possible um coming out in, in the long run ever so I, I think she really represents a fantastic i guess mentor um, in that sense, which has been really cool. I guess along similar lines, for me, um, the the major role in my life is is my dad. Um, before before my grandpa died, it was my grandpa and my dad. Um, I'm not saying that my mom doesn't play a big role in that too, but my dad, um, he's more likely to to sit down with me and have have the tougher conversations. Um, and tell me, hey, this isn't in line with, with where I think you want to go. And even, you know, even that's not him saying where, where I want you to go. It's saying where I think you want to go. And then, like, that makes me think about where I want to go. Um, and then I'm like, oh, well, of course, that's where I want to go um, with my faith. And so my, my dad is very good at, at having those conversations with me. Um, I would also say that professors here at Milligan, certain ones have really made a strong impact on me in my faith. Um, I've been able to talk with um, a certain professor who uh, I went to her office when I was having a really hard time sophomore year, and she um, talked to me for maybe an hour, and she gave me some like really hard truths that I didn't want to, to deal with, um, like, you know, things that I guess could almost make me mad or I, I would say like I was a little angry in the moment. Um, but because I was angry, like that's why I knew she was right. Um, and I knew that it was like totally out of, out of love and from a place of, of wisdom, which means experience. Um, so, and I've had multiple professors you know, be able to sit down with me and say, Hey, based off of what you're telling me, this is where you want to go. And, I can see that what you're doing right now is not um, is not going to get you there. Um, for me, it was my small group leader back home. Um, she is essentially a second mother to me. Um, 
she has rescued me from so many situations that like could have been very bad. Um, and she's the reason that I am here. She's the reason that I'm a Christian today. She's the reason that I even know what discipleship is. <laughs> like she's such a fantastic woman. Um, and she's just plain and simple. She's someone that if, if I ever need to have any of my Jesus questions answered or if I ever need anyone to pray for me, or just if I need to tell someone about a bad day I've had, she's the person that I'm calling. Um, and she's very good at truth and love. Similar to what Ethan was saying, like it's sometimes we need to hear it even if we don't want to. And I think that that is also what a good disciple does is being able to distinguish um, and be fully grace and fully truth like Jesus was. Um, and I think that my small group leader embodies that beautifully. I love that you guys have examples of people like this in your life. It's a huge part of how we grow as believers and disciples, and then how we turn around and disciple. So who are some, what are some places in your life that you see that are, I guess, opportunities to serve and learn while discipling? A very, I guess, most easy opportunity um, for me right now is, is through the college group, Grandview. Because, I mean, like, I mean, it's easy because, like, I don't have to do too much to, like, participate. You know, I just kind of have to show up. And, um, I mean, we, we have great conversations, really, like, refreshing conversations and encouraging conversations but also like reflective conversations that are challenging in a sense that um, I don't know, they've just been very positive. I'd say that's how I, that's how I view them, but that, you know, they're, they're definitely those uh, conversations definitely are a place where I feel like, I mean, I can be discipled for sure. And they can also, can also uh, disciple others. And I mean, like all I'd have to do help disciples is one participate and also to invite others, you know, bring other people alongside or along with me. Um, so that's just an easy example. Um, for me, I guess what comes to mind is I tend to notice when people are um, sad or alone. And I would say that I'm best at talking with people in a one-on-one -on -one context, just because I'm someone who's very, inside my head a lot and I'm I have a lot going on in my head all the time and so talking one-on-one -on -one with person with with a person is much easier for me than doing a big group interaction and so if I see um someone who I notice is alone or um some people you can just you know see it in their faces that they're they're upset so I I've found myself um various times um just talking to people um you know, sitting next to someone, you know, in in a class, um, or um, I've sat next to some people in the grill before. And even if the conversation, you know, wasn't about the seven, or even if there wasn't much of a conversation anyway, um, just sitting down next to someone, I feel like a way that I've discipled is just letting people know that they're not alone by being present. And, and I hope that that's rubbed off, you know, on, on some people in a, in a positive way. Um, and it's not like a very explicit um, way of saying that I'm discipling because, you know, that, that's, that'd be a bold step, I think, to say that it's discipling. But for me, just being present with people um, and, and finding those opportunities to be with people. How do you think that pre-pandemic and during pandemic, that's changed for you? Because it, I'm, I'm guessing that it has. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I can get upset thinking about this. Pre-pandemic uh, school was amazing. And I, so I was someone who loved the SFP program. Um, and I found that there were, like, by having the SFP program, not just where you, like, go to chapel to get credits and, or go to convocation to get credits, but where they offer there's like two or three credit um, opportunities where you can go off campus and, you know, um, serve breakfast to the homeless or go um, to ha have a, a group conversation somewhere. And like, 
they're literally giving you these opportunities to go all over the place off campus with a bunch of people. And I found a ton of relationship opportunities there um, and getting like starting to see real community. Um, like, because the reason I came to Milligan in the first place was for the community that I'd heard about. <clears throat> um, I had done a few college visits and I saw that the, the guys that I stayed with overnight here in their dorms, their sense of community that they showed me, like it wasn't just like they had a community, but right when I was in the room with them, I was a part of that community. And so like pre-COVID Milligan, I felt like there was real community. And a part of that was service and um, discipling to others through your actions and also through your words too, by having conversations all the time and having groups. Now, during the pandemic, it's been, I almost want to say all of it's been lost. Things are starting to come back right now, and that's really exciting. Like, they just had chapel this morning, and they've had a few other events, and we've had the, the critical conversations events around campus um, with the SGA, and so I, I feel like things are starting to come back up, but last year, it was really dry um, community-wise, and fine, by for finding relationships with people. Mm -hmm. Going along with, or I guess kind of bouncing off of what Ethan was saying earlier about opportunities to disciple, like during COVID, like what, I mean, what he was describing as opportunities to disciple, I mean, that's, that's much more difficult um, because, I mean, even just like literally just because of the masks, because it's so much harder to read like people's expressions and stuff. And it's, it's easier to just, you know, make up, make excuses like, you know, I don't want to go there because that's not COVID conscious or I don't want to approach this person because, I mean, I, you know, I can't, I can't tell what they're actually thinking and stuff. And I mean, and also bouncing off what I just said, like community is, it's less, I mean, it's just less here at Milligan specifically. Um, so that makes, I mean, that makes doing things like that even a little bit more challenging. Uh, like there's more of a barrier to kind of, or, more of a wall to kind of tear down there, um, which can just make things more difficult. Um, I think for me, I so admire the, the gift. And I would even say like the spiritual gift of being able to um, do what Ethan was describing and like go up and talk to people and make them feel noticed. Um, and I think that's so, so beautiful. I don't think that I have that gift. <laughs> um <laughs> I think I am much more relational and I'm good at investing in the community that I have around me. Um, so I think with COVID and in general, I have um, really enjoyed, um, like I said earlier, I'm on the football team. I've really enjoyed um, just being able to disciple um my fellow football players and having them disciple me um, and just ask hard questions about Jesus and figure out how we can get closer to, um, to him. And I think with COVID um, it is harder, but because like I said, I am, I am more gifted at the previously estab established discipleship rather than um, the sort of evangelistic style of discipleship. Um, I say that I, I would say that um, for me, it hasn't changed that much because um, we've still been able to maintain um, that level of community and kind of bearing the weight and um, the heaviness of COVID together, which has been really beautiful and is a big benefit of discipleship, I think. Um, but yeah, so I don't know if it's changed because of COVID, but I've definitely been grateful for the opportunity that I've had to get close to um, the girls on the football team and um, just some other people that I've had the pleasure of meeting um, at Milligan and so forth. As a professor at Milligan and as, as, as someone who loves to engage with people, the pandemic has been hard. And I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that I'm grateful for the ways that students, faculty, people at Grandview have engaged 
in times when it is hard, where have you seen maybe good discipleship come out of this hard time? Um, I actually was in one of my classes earlier today. I, um, my professor was talking about how this, this is just an example about how his wife is like really pouring into like uh, I don't know doing things and being there um, for like neighbors and stuff. And he said something along the lines of, like, "Oh, you know, she did that anyways, like before the pandemic, but like." with the pandemic, she like doubled down and was doing like 10 times as much and stuff like that. I don't know. I think specifically at Grandview, it's, it's been really cool and impressive um, just to see the amount of effort and the amount of care that goes into making sure that Grandview can be as accessible as possible to everyone, um, even without being able to be in person and stuff. I mean, they've gone to great lengths to, you know, try to, I mean, yeah, be as accessible um, be as reachable and then to, you know, be in person whenever possible. Um, Cause that's a big part of uh, you know, the church's community. Um, so just, yeah, putting a lot of energy into maintaining relationships and also being open to building new ones is just kind of a very special thing. <laughs> and it's been very important to this pandemic. I totally agree with Max. Um, I think that it has cause people to it's kind of forced people to be a lot more intentional um, with their behaviors and their mannerisms um, even something as little as when you're walking to class like you can't smile at any like like you can't smile at people to make them to be like hi I see you like you actually have to go out of your way to like wave and be like hi how are you doing today because it um, they genuinely can't see it because of the mask <laughs> so um, I think that that's been a bit of a blessing in disguise and um, has helped um, me personally get to know more people. Um, and I think that at Milligan, people have handled it um, very well. And I can see that people are still trying to keep their spirits lifted, um, which is, which is beautiful. So. Yeah. I do like seeing how there is a collective. We're all in this terrible mess together. Um, and we're all like dealing with it pretty well. Like speaking for our campus, we're doing we're doing a pretty good job, at least safety wise, I think. Ultimately for me, I think that it has made me value the relationships that I have already even more and realizing what blessings my um my relationships with my not just my friends, like close friends, but just my peers wonderful it is that here at Milligan, I I can recognize pretty much everyone here all the time. And just being able to like be familiar with everyone is a fantastic thing where in contrast, I've got a friend who's a freshman at IUPUI, which is a, a school in Indianapolis. And he said that it's like walking around in some dystopian you know uh, fiction book setting where people are walking around and um, no one knows anybody and they're wearing earbuds and there's no talking ever he says that he hasn't made a single friend this year um, at school and so so I know here at Milligan with our community um, like with the coronavirus I've, I've really noticed that um, like what a true blessing it is that we are familiar with one another or we're able to interact with each other in meaningful ways. Now, that might be way off of what you're asking in your question, but, but yeah, that's what I've noticed. Meaningful relationships can happen anywhere. And I think that's one of the things that the pandemic has showed us that discipleship can happen cross borders. And I love that we get the opportunity to do that. I don't think it's easy right now, but I think that it is valuable. Um, and I hope that there are things we take away from this pandemic that, that we keep doing through discipleship means 
and through ways that maybe we've discovered um, through all of this. College is a really unique place to build discipleship. And I love that you guys have touched on some of this already through the ways that we engage in SFP events, through the ways that we serve in the community, um, through the ways that we invite people over, Maddie, into our dorms and um, just hang out. What are some of those those unique ways that we build discipleship with each other, both now and pre-COVID? I mean, having fun is what comes to mind immediately. There are always ways to have fun, um, whether that's going out for a hike. Like here in eastern Tennessee, the geography is incredible um, and allows for a ton of amazing opportunities to go out and um, have, you know, um, solo hikes, group hikes, uh, one-on-one hikes. You know, you you can, like, you can meet somebody on a hike. Um, So, like, I think specifically here, like, because when I think of Milgan, I don't just think of the campus. I think of where we are because that's another reason why I came here in the first place is the geography. yeah, one of, the, one of the things that um, that you could do before and during the, the virus is um, going outside and being with people and finding ways to interact with people and with nature that you can allow to refresh your soul in a way, I guess. Yeah, I totally agree with Ethan. Um our college age ministry at Grandview, which um, I'm also on the leadership team with Max, um, we do, it's called Something More, and every week we do something different. So we do something service, something conversational, something fun, and um, Joy does such a wonderful job like leading us through that. Um, but getting to invite people um, to come serve with us at Family Promise or to do something fun. Like the other week we did laser tag <laughs> or we we're just going hikes with each other. Like um, I think that that is such a wonderful way to get involved. Um, and Joy's so creative with it as well. Like when we're coming up with ideas, she has all these wonderful, crazy things that she wants to do. Um, and she definitely gets very creative with it. So I think that that is an awesome way that um, we have been able to be discipled and to disciple our friends as well. Max, I'm a little curious for you in particular, what role does music play in discipleship for you? I think, I mean, I I definitely believe that it has, that it can serve a big role in um, the faith. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think that any of the ways that I am involved in music at the moment um, are necessarily like explicitly like discipling, um, which is unfortunate. And part of that comes because of the pandemic. So such as for like heritage, we're not able to go out um, to churches and in the area and like, you know, be at them and sing at them and stuff. Um, but it has definitely served, I mean, being involved in music has definitely served me in the sense of like, I've been able to be around people that, I mean, other, you know, unless I was involved in these music classes, then I would, I wouldn't see them. I would never interact with them at all. I wouldn't be able to be in relationship with them and to, you know, walk alongside them in faith or, you know, you know, have the potential for discipleship there. So I think, I think like personally, that's the biggest role that is, that I have seen music um, play in, in my discipling experience. To add to that, um, I'm a part of the orchestra here at Milligan. And um, so every year, normally, Milligan does the Christmas concert. Um, and so this last year, we weren't able to do it because of the, the pandemic. And my parents and multiple members of my extended family were very upset that they couldn't go. And they realized from 
the lack of having a Christmas concert that like how much power it has. Um, they said that even after my brother and I are out of college here, they still plan on making the road trip down here for the Christmas concerts um, so that they can come watch because they said that it's such a spiritually enlightening experience. Like it's so it is like true worship. You, you are you're like blasted into this um, realm of, of hope and beauty um, just through the music. And I remember like freshman year, the first time playing up there on stage um, for the Christmas concert. And, you know, we had practiced this, this music a ton, but being up there and playing it, I was like, wow, this is incredibly beautiful. And like looking out in the crowd and seeing like, um, the the members of the choir like walking down the aisles with the candles and singing at the same time it's just like it is something else out of this world beautiful um, and so I, I think that is a great way to illustrate the um, role of discipleship um, with music here at Milligan. Maddie you've mentioned um, discipleship on a sports team um, what what role does discipleship have on a field? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that being on a team is all about encouraging each other. Um, if one of your players is having a bad day, then it is the team's responsibility to like help help them and come alongside them. Um, whether that's literally on the field or whether we're just in practice and they're having a bad day. Like it's our responsibility to reach out and to encourage them um, and to be Jesus to them. Um, And yeah, I think that it is, it's, it's one of the best examples of discipleship that I've seen outside of like an actual small group in church. Um, Because specifically at Milligan, we will, um, it, (laughs) we will pray for each other. We will um, pray before every game. Um, And we have a playlist that we listen to um, like during our warmups and practice and not all of it's Christian music, but it's just like a way that we kind of hype each other up before practice and before a game. Um, And just the sense of community and belonging um, that you get from being on a team is truly a gift from God. Um, because he made us for community and that's how he designed us. Um, so yeah, it's, it's one of the best examples of discipleship that I've seen because every time I talk to one of the girls on the team, I just get a different view, um, of their perception of, of God. And it's, it's really awesome to see. Are there any other places that you see discipleship that might be a little bit different? I mean, I kind of, I tend to think of, I mean, I mean, uh, discipleship and I guess relationship are necessarily synonymous, but I think you definitely can't have discipleship without relationship. I think one of the ways that I've kind of practiced uh, discipleship for a long time now without, without maybe even realizing it is like um, playing video games with people. Um, I, and I didn't even really, it didn't really stand out to me until this winter break, I guess, when I just found myself, um, you know, playing games with people a lot. <laughs> um, and I was kind of like, wow, like, you know, there were instances where I was like, well, I don't even want to play the game. <laughs> I have no desire to do this, but like, I wanted to spend time and to be in communication with the people. So yeah, I think that that was just an interesting and neat experience. I haven't thought about that one. That's really, really cool. Um, and I, I think that might be, I, I don't think it's unique to college, but I think it's definitely amplified in college that that's a place that you can be together and maybe it turns into something else like a small group or inviting people to church or um, anything like that. Um, I, I think that's really great, Max. Ethan or Maddie, can you guys think of any others? 
I'm searching my brain right now. You know, okay. So one of my favorite hobbies is reading. Um, and I, I like to, I read all the time. Um, and I, I've been like, ever since I was 17, I've, I've been a, a bookie for sure. Just always, you know, getting whatever, reading whatever I can get my hands on, finding interest in pretty much anything. Um, and today, um, I was at Founders Park with a with a friend, and um, uh, me and my friend we were reading, um, like just laying on the picnic bl blanket and reading, and I saw um, this person was who had been skateboarding at the park, and like they were like you know super just super cool you know going around the park and you know doing like you could tell that they were new to it and they were doing some like. Uh, trying to do some tricks but weren't very good at it, but looked good doing it. Anyway, um, I, I saw them um, stop and, and go and sit on a bench across the park and just start reading. And so I was I was talking to my friend. I was like, I was like Garrett, this person looks really cool. And he's like, you want to go talk to her? And I was like, yeah, I'll go talk to her. And so I, I walked across the park and just started talking to her. Um, and it turned out that she was reading a book that I had read when I was 17. And so we just started talking and, um, it was just like a really uplifting experience. And both, both of us were like, it was, it was so odd because, um, it was just like one of those moments where like that you've always wanted in a park, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like where, where, you know, you can imagine if you were at a park alone and you're just doing your thing. And then someone comes up to you and they're like, Hey, I see what you're doing. I think you're cool. Like, like I thought this person was so cool, like skateboarding and then sitting down and reading. And so anyway, just having that, that conversation, and like the same thing with like Max and, and the video games is like just being able to connect with someone over a little, you know, um, shared hobby. Yeah. A, that point cool of, that point of connection. Mm -hmm. um, I think is a really, really big thing. And what you said reminded me of when um, people walk their dogs at the park. And that's a point of connection to, um, to meet somebody where they're at um, and a point of potential discipleship, um, which is really neat. Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, every time I have a conversation with my dad, um, because my dad is a follower of Jesus, but he still struggles with a couple, um, concepts and still has a lot of questions. So, um, I think every time I get to have a conversation with him, um, whether it, the answer is, I don't know, <laughs> like if he's asking me a question and it's, it's a, it's a very good question. I don't have the answer. Um, I think every time we get the opportunity to talk about Jesus, um, is not only an increase in um, our fellowship with each other, um, but it's also a, um, an opportunity for me to learn um, more about the Father, which I think is, because um, like we said, discipleship kind of has two parts where it's um, bringing other people to Jesus, but it's also devoting yourself to Jesus. So um, I think every time I get to have one of those conversations with my dad, um, it allows me to also ask questions um, and get discipled by other people. So it's kind of a, um, I don't know, a ladder <laughs> where <laughs> someone you're quote unquote discipling has a question and then you get to go find the answer from someone who's discipling you. Um, which I just, that's just one way that I've, I've been blessed to be able to have those conversations with, with my dad and my family. That's awesome um, that that you're able to have those conversations and that that you feel like that's a place that you can have those conversations. Um, that's that's really great. Um, what role do you guys think that service has in discipleship? A huge role, in my opinion. Um, not the only role, like just conversation is a huge role in itself but service is so incredibly important because if you're going to talk to someone you need to 
act out of love as well. Um, so whether that's going and saying, hey, I noticed that your, um, your son is moving this weekend. Can I come help out? Or, um, hey, um, someone died um, in your life and I, I'm, I'm sorry. And, uh, so, you know, you send them a, a, a letter or something like that. Um, it's that even little acts um, are incredibly important to people and make them feel seen and noticed. Um, and it can, as people say, like that actions can speak louder than words. Um, and it's just saying that you're thinking of someone, not just thinking about someone, but willing to act on that and, and be a physical part of their life. And yeah, not only that, but also like just the, the practice of serving. I mean, that's in a large sense, that's practicing, you know, what we as Christians preach, you know, cause that's, that's, that was Jesus's ministry was service to others. Um, so as Christians, like that's, that's just the thing we do. Is there anything that we haven't talked about tonight that you guys think is really important in discipleship or um, something that I have excluded unintentionally about discipleship? I mean, uh, I guess um, the harder, the hardest thing about discipleship, especially with people who you're not, you like, you're not used to talking about like faith and stuff with, or, you know, you've never broached that topic with them before. I mean, I mean, the hard thing is, is literally just bringing it up. It's like, oh, you know, how do I bring it up? You know, I don't want to like turn them off from the faith or, you know, make them hate Jesus. <laughs> um, I don't know. That, that can be awkward. It really, it really can be. Um, but I think a lot of the time you just kind of have to go for it. And, mm-hmm. You know, just kind of be like, hey, you know, are you comfortable talking about this? And if so, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to like convert you or you know, tell you that you're wrong, but, you know, just, I'm just curious about your faith because, I mean, when people have faith, it's usually a, a huge part of their lives. So it's really important, and I think it's very, or it's, it's really important to, to talk about with people that you're in relationship with. Um, and that can just be a really cool thing. And also, I mean, you know, it's part of disciple, discipleship is knowing where people are at, knowing where you're at. I guess my last question for you guys then is what would you suggest that somebody do, whether they're eight, 18 or 88, what would you suggest they do if they want to get involved in discipleship in some way? Um, I think that the first step is probably prayer. Um, and to see where the Lord is kind of calling you um, in your community, whether that is um, like we kind of gave examples of music and sports teams, but it can also be um, getting involved in service projects or um, like in, in their neighborhood. Um, I would say just listening to where the Lord is calling you. And if he's not, if he's just kind of giving you the choice, then I would say um, ask him for courage because it can be scary to get involved um, and intimidating, but um, the Lord has made us strong. And I think that it is coming from someone who was definitely scared to get involved. It's definitely worth it. And just, it, it makes you grow in, in such an unexpected, unexpected way. Um, And I'm really excited to see what happens um, once you do take that leap because God will change you and it'll be awesome. (laughs) What you said about prayer, Maddie, is I I really like that you started with that and saying that's where you start um, for getting involved because that's saying, um, God, I want to start. I want other people to have relationships with you. And so I'm coming here to you, God. Um, in our relationship and asking you for a hand um, so that I can be a hand for you. Um, and, you know, you, when you're praying, like it's pretty, I think normally, at least for me, names or opportunities come up pretty quickly in my mind, even if it's not, you know, God, you know, talking in your head, it's more of like, all right, you know what you have to do. 
um, with this person or um, go go take this opportunity that's been presented to you that you might not want to do, but you know that it'd be good, um, not just for you, but for others. Um, and that you're being called in this opportunity because you're able to do that. Um, and so the, the prayer aspect of it is incredibly important. And I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Maddie. Yeah. And not also bouncing off of that, um, I guess I have, I think coming out of prayer and coming out of asking for courage <clears throat> So in some cases, I think you just need to buckle down and make a commitment to something. Because um, I've had I've had instances where I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I could do this or I could not. And you know, as as a college student, I don't have much time. Time's precious, and like I'm like, oh, you know, sometimes I'm not going to be be able to be present or something. And then um, just deciding to commit to to that um, has just been. I mean, it's been very. It's been it's been very good, <laughs> something that I am definitely um, happy about. And also, I mean, in some cases, like if you're not committed to to, I mean, a discipleship opportunity or um, something like that, you know, things take time, especially relationships. So if you're not committed to that, then you know you're not giving that relationship enough that enough time to, I guess, let God bring out the fruit. <laughs> of that um so that's just a big it's a very important thing in the discipleship as well thank you guys so much for taking the time and for saying yes to this opportunity um even if it was a little bit out of your comfort zone to be a part of this podcast this is the end of our first series in the discipleship podcast and we are super excited to see what comes of this um, and what conversations start from listening to this podcast. So Ethan, Maddie, Max, thank you guys so, so much for being a part of this. And we look forward to the conversations that start out of this conversation.